Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, yes, finally, the Causeway Kings are back. Here on the WMEX Sports Podcast Network, your friend Ben Rabinovitz, alongside the usual cast and crew, Coach Adam Clancy returns finally back to the crew. Good to see you, buddy. It's great to be back, even though, Ben, I can't really see you on camera right now. I just see your 1510 WMEX background photo, but that's okay. Good. S- uh, save your no, eyes. It's we, okay. We, <laughs> we, It's been a few weeks, which has sucked uh, not seeing these handsome devils that I see on camera right now. But uh, we have a shit ton to talk about. But I, gotta, I just got a little, you know, proud dad moment. You know, coming over the over the past weekend, uh, my five year old has officially become a hockey player, joining his first team. Um, has his nice. first game Sunday morning on December fourth for uh, Braintree Hockey. He's all pumped because he's get gets to wear um, dad's number four. That, that's all he wanted. So uh, you know, it was a proud dad moment. So you that's know, awesome. good start, good start to the week. And are you coaching? Dude, you think I have a choice? This kid, this kid will not step foot in a hockey rink unless I am his coach. Love it. That's awesome. But good kid. Uh, it's it, it's great. Welcome. It's awesome. Well, that's Welcome. awesome. And right along the line, before we jump into the rest of the uh, convo, of course, we got Merrill Marshall always joining us here in the red corner. Good to have you back, bud. Good to see you guys again, man. It has been. It's been a hot minute since we last uh, gathered and talked some puck. Um, a lot to get into. We are uh, fans of the hottest team in hockey um, through the Devils. I mean, uh, the Devils notwithstanding. But, uh, yeah, a lot to talk about. And it's uh, congratulations, uh, Clance, on your son getting into hockey. Happy birthday to uh, Gordo's boy. And, uh, whoop, whoop. You know, my daughter is getting uh, bigger every day, and uh, just like her, just like her father. <laughs> Not in a good way. So that's a good yeah. one, Meryl. That's right a good one. So, well, that's always good to hear, buddy. And of course, Gordo, as Uncle Tony called you Heath for a hot minute there, buddy. And it's good to have you back. What's up, boys? It's yeah. uh, just getting back from Waterville, New Hampshire. My uh, first might tournament of the season. Absolute doozy. Some uh some 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 great stories I'll have for you guys later on in the show. Um man, talk about being wrong about the Bruins. Do I feel like an a-hole? Man, you I are wish we put a, I so wish we wrong. put like a bet on that, man. Cause I feel like right now we could have like Gordo in like a speedo right on Causeway Street. Oh, I would, I would be doing like a speedo calendar or something. A whole calendar yeah. worth. Yikes, buddy. If I was <laughs> if I was a betting man, I would have lost a lot of money on the Bruins. I'll tell you that much. Um, 9-0-0, oh, and oh, the best start at the home record in franchise history. And they are leading the NHL right now. Unbelievably so. Yep, Bruins are on fire. And uh, my guy, Connor McDavid, right now is... I'm pretty sure that guy's an alien. So I'm, I, dude, he's not human. Nope. There's, there's no, if you remember, it was like a year, maybe like two or three years ago when he, he destroyed his knee when he went into the post playing against the Flames and he destroyed his knee. Was that his rookie year, right? I think it was, I a, it was his rookie year or sophomore year. Yeah. And he got like four different, you know, um, consults and they all said surgery, surgery, surgery. Yep. And he 
met with another specialist who opted not to do surgery. And he did like 10 hour days of like those chamber, like things, whatever they are, like hyperbolic chambers. That's exactly I'm retarded. I can't speak that word. Um, And since then, I swear to God, he's become like a better player. Like he is not human. No, he's he's not human. He, he's on pace. He's he's almost on not not a point a game pace, a goal a game pace. That, that is fucking insane. I I think he's I think that's inevitably like he's going to be I don't know man, he's the I I figured at some point like he would kind of slow down a little bit. Um, but he just keeps coming back year after year, like a more complete player with his skill set. And it's just like he, dude, and he started off. I mean, I remember when we were ripping through the beginning of the season, we were going through the scoring leaders and, you know, uh, obviously pasta was up there and pasta still is up there. I think he's like two or three points behind, which is incredible. Um, but, um, and, and I mean, that guy's a just what a player, right? Um, it's but then you watch McDavid, and it's like it's hard. You can't really compare the two because they're kind of like two different type of players. But man, the shit McDavid does, like it is. I mean, I, just being involved in skills, and and yeah. obviously, you know, <clears throat> there's so many fucking skills guys out there and social media. And but I've been, you know, one one group in particular, and I'm sure you guys have heard of them, uh, Power Edge Pro. They're out of Canada and he bought it. I think he's part owner now of their system. Um, there's not too many around in the States. They're starting to get down here more and more and more, but pretty big in Canada, the training tools, all that stuff on the ice. And, you know, he was like one of the, the faces of it when they first like started to get popular. So, I mean, I've been watching him since he was like a young kid, like doing the, that skill stuff. And I'm like, holy shit. And then you watch him go through the OHL and what he did there. And now watching him in the NHL, like just the speed, one, the size, and then the speed, and then just his, the, his, the creativity, the hands, and how fast he can do it and think it is just, it's, it's like, it's like Gretzky, but just at a different like level. Um, I, rem- I remember Gretzky saying, and because they, in an interview, they asked him about, you know, what are your thoughts on Conor McDavid? And he said, he goes, I have never seen someone actually skate faster with the puck on their stick. I was just going to say that. Yep, I remember that They say it's like a whole different level of player when he has the puck on his stick. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like I've never seen a guy skate that fast, you know, with the the puck on his stick. Like I I saw him. I forget who they were playing, but he – he turned it into like another gear where he was like, this was a couple of years ago. The defense, I forget, it was like opening night. Defensive was skating backwards, and then he just he just got such a a burst of speed that the defenseman was like, holy shit! He tried turning and just skating as hard as he could. He just blew past him, and he just went like forehand backhand. And I mean, it, it looked like a guy who's just like an A-level player in like a pickup skate just like shitting on like beer league guys like me. And like this is the NHL, like the the, the greatest league in the world, and he, he's just making professionals look like guys just picked up the sport. I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. I want to say it was like 
three years ago, four years ago, against the Bruins. I don't know if you guys remember. He literally turned Chara. Not that that was like a, but like just threw open ice and was by Chara in a heartbeat and just went, you know, made Ras look stupid. And then I, I want to say it was last year, that one versus five goal where he kind of came out in the neutral zone, kind of wound it up a little bit, looked up ice, and then just dangled all five guys, went and scored an incredible goal. And he's right back doing it. Like I said, a, a little bit of a slower start this season. And, I mean, him and Dreisaitl, imagine being Dreisaitl, getting to play with that guy every night. Thank you for the assist total. Dude, crazy, man. Imagine imagine I mean, being a defenseman, like, oh, this, you know, Liz, my breakout pass, just fucking leave it for – 97. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm starting to get to the point of the NHL right now. It's like, why even bother having defensemen anymore? Yeah, because they can't do anything. Dude, it's crazy, man. Like, it, the, the, I mean, it's um, it's an insanely fun to watch because it's all offense. But you're just, like, shaking your hands in the air. Like, can somebody please just do something defensively? You know, so you take a penalty, whatever. I don't do something, smash somebody, but it's like, well, you, yeah, then there's going to be a fight because every time you throw a clean hit, even like last night, the dude Burroughs from uh, Vancouver throws a clean hit on Pasternak. And I get he's Pasternak, but I mean, you know, every, every hit's a fight now. It, it's, it's, I hate that. I'm no. sorry. It's so no. dumb. It was, it was a good chat. It was a good hit. It was a good hit, man. I mean, Pasta plays a pretty like, you know he he he's not afraid to to make moves and expose himself expose himself, and sometimes you you know if you get in front you of the wrong guy like and, you know and Paz is not afraid of contact either. He, he appreciates it. He he pop right back up. I mean yeah. you know I he's for as much as I nag about him sometimes like I wish he would play a little little harder game like not so much in the regular season but come playoffs but you know he's a pretty tough kid. I mean he doesn't. You know, and he's playing and Marshy too. Like, I mean, oh. and like having that guy back right now. Like, I don't know what Superman juice that guy's on, but whatever you're taking, buddy, keep taking it. Cause and McAvoy to like the, <laughs> just th- having those guys back. And then, you know, obviously we haven't been together for a few weeks, but you know, I'm watching the, the first, you know, 10, 11 games of the season. I'm like, holy shit, was I way wrong? And, you know, I think we talked about last time, like Lindholm is just. What he's is he, on another level this he's year, man. Le- in the league plus minus. Like he just looks like he's, it, he's, he is really like kind of taking this role as a, the, the kind of the top defenseman and just ran with it. And he is, he's just playing unbelievable right now. He's a Norris trophy candidate. He's got, he's got 17 points in 16 games plus 18. Yeah, he. They had a stat the other night. He is yet to have a minus game this season. Really, yeah. that's yeah. impressive, especially as a D man yeah. in this league. That, that's the biggest difference, I think, for this team. He, like, he's I, second on the team in points. Yeah, behind Pasta. Pasta's at twenty five. He's at seventeen. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think the way the I, I think the way the league is right now, especially during the regular season, where it's just kind of like men's league. I mean, the Bruins with that 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 vet presence up front man like it's just stupid like batting fucking pucks out of the air and just scoring these no, that was like toying with vancouver man oh, was, that was that was unreal i was afraid yeah. it was going to be a high stick penalty to be honest i with think you. that was like, buffalo wasn't it wasn't that buffalo, buffalo yeah sorry yeah. Buffalo. but they were teeter-totter in that shoulder line a little bit if you guys noticed 
Speaking of Buffalo, did anyone see what Bergeron did to Tage Thompson on one of the faceoffs? Yeah, that was yeah. They came out. Did you hear what? I guess he, um, Asked Tage him. Thompson's wife, had, uh, got diagnosed with cancer and had had to have surgery. And um, Bergeron like gave him like a tap. Was like, hey, you know, how's everything with your wife? You know, we're here for you. You know, well, and I guess like Tage Thompson was like, this is like I have a Hall of Famer like putting the game aside, wishing me the best of luck with my wife and everything like. He's like, it was unbelievable. Yeah, I can only imagine him saying, hey, man, I hope all is best for the family. I'm about to steal this puck from you, but I hope you yeah, all it, the best for your family. And by, by the way, Tage, you're an asshole for destroying our defenseman on the PK and just dangling around Kincaid and that. But do you guys, do you guys, like, I, I think that's great. And I think a lot of the stuff that's changed in the NHL is great. You know, like, Obviously, a lot of these guys know each other, hang out in the offseason, train together on different teams. And, you know, it's just it seems like there's a lot, you know, the the rivalry stuff like back in the day is kind of gone, whereas like kill, kill, kill. And, you know, some of those guys are buddies for sure. But like when they were on the ice, it didn't fucking matter. Like it was, you know, kill or be killed. So or as as business would say, tummy stick time. Yeah, I feel like that's like. I I, no. I, saw, I saw some anger um, in the Caps uh, Lightning game. Uh, Obey Kubel just hit, lit up headshot to Cal Foot, and then uh, all hell broke loose. Uh, Suspension. Half uh, yeah, Hathaway and Mar- uh, Maroon went at it. Um, I think Kubel got like two or three games. I mean, th- now that's a case where you do want to fight, where you got to stick up for your teammate, like. Um, you know, my, my thing is just, like, the, the clean hit fight thing is, like, I mean, I just, it, it's kind of ridiculous. It's like, guys, you know, you, you can't fight on every clean hit. You know, if, if there's an injury, then, yeah, maybe. But, I mean, like you guys said, I mean, Pasternak bounced right back up. But, I mean, that's, outside of having five forwards on the power play, I don't have a complaint on the Bruins. They're just playing amazing. No, like, I mean, even their D are playing great. Clifton, Zaboral. I mean, McAvoy stepping in, acting like, yeah, playing like he hasn't missed a game. Um, it sucks that Forbert's out hurt, but, I mean, Carlo, I think he's been okay. Yeah. I, I would say he's been our weakest defenseman. Well, he fell asleep last night on the power, on the PK on the JT Miller goal. Falls but, asleep um, every night. Well, again, it's like we were so hard on their defensive core, like, to, before the season started. But then you're watching the rest of the NHL and watching their decors go through, like, you know, it's just it's just miserable, man. The the skill level right now in the NHL is just so off the charts. Like to, play, to be a defenseman and not be able to touch a guy, hold up. You know, you lay a stick on a guy, you're going to get a penalty. So it's it's really tough to be a defense. I mean, I think that's why they're going to the more you know the the big lumbering defenseman. There's really not a need to have those guys anymore. Like you know, which I'm starting to come around on. You know, like. Grizzly, Cliff. I mean, these—they're not big guys. You know, Lindholm's a big dude, but he's also a phenomenal skater. And you've got guys like Hedman that are just—you know—they're big oh, guys. Power, yeah. just their power. They're beautiful skaters. They can escape and do things with the puck that most big guys couldn't do back, you know, fifteen, twenty years ago. So, um, but I mean, you know who's fun to watch on defense is the kid from uh, Buffalo, Owen Power. Yeah, yeah, he is. He, uh, he is. I would give both of my nuts to bring him onto the Bruins. 
Jesus. Well, you don't need them anymore. You already got three kids. But uh, <laughs> getting getting snipped on December second. Nice. We'll throw a party for you. Well, you know he his his game has directly, I think, helped uh, Rasmus um, Darlene. Darlene. Like yeah. he looks like a different player. But I, I mean, definitely. It just just like getting back though to the Bruins, even even Trent Frederick, who has been the whipping boy on this podcast. You know, he's a plus eight. And he's got eight points. They have two minus players on the whole roster. Yeah, one of them is Krejci, but I think Krejci's dealing with something. And yeah. Anton Strawman, who, yeah, who's I mean, played four games. He's minus four. Say, how many games does he play? Four. <laughs> Everybody on the team has a point, at least one point this season, except Strawman. Yeah, I think. Say, yeah. I, I think Krejci's going to be a like. I think he's, you know, Merrill, you've discussed this before, like, you know, in and out of the lineup in the past, injury prone, you know, I'm hoping they can kind of like keep him under the radar, continue to win. And then, you know, Hey buddy, we need you for the playoffs. Yeah. They need him. Yeah. They they need, I'll say this one thing just to just, um, again, I'm not being negative. I'm just like, cause you know, we want the Bruins to win the Stanley cup. I, I think, you know, you just got to play Greer and, and sit and sit Craig Smith. Like mm-hmm. you yes. just in yeah. in every sense of the word, Greer's got more points. He's he's he plays with more energy. He's he's better in every facet of the game. And you know, that's you know, I just I kind of feel bad for Smith, but at the same time, man, you, you got to produce. And Greer's come in and he's taken that spot. I think. Yeah, I love Greer. Yeah. It yeah. did that. Did no one pick the Smith got put on waivers, correct? He got put on waivers. No one he cleared. And I, no, Riley, 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 oh, Riley. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You're thinking no. of Riley, Riley Smith, <laughs> but no, so Riley's in the minors now. Uh, Smith was scratched, I thought. No, wait, Mike Riley got put on waivers. Mike Riley got put on waivers, yeah, because oh, they brought okay. McAvoy back. Yeah, Craig yeah, he, Smith was just sitting. Yeah, Craig Smith is just taking up. Taking up space in the locker room and on the bench and in the salary cap, in yeah. my eyes. Um, There's always someone on this team that does that, though. There's always at least one Michael Ryder somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Ryder. Yeah, Michael, Michael Ryder was a factor, though, the year we won the cup. True that. Yeah. Made a glove exactly. save decent. that Timmy couldn't even make. He was decent. He, uh, he, no, he, 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 had some key, he had some key goals, but like... You know, yeah. I mean, you you look at Smith, and again, in the past, he's he's been a twenty goal guy, but he just he doesn't look like the same guy. And the other thing too is like, like I talked about, if you're not scoring goals, what else are you doing? And I just feel like he doesn't do enough of the other things. Whereas Greer will, and it's not even about the fighting; it's about being physical. It's about being hard on pucks. It's about you know being willing to 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 you know block a shot, do all those little things that I not that Craig Smith doesn't want to do it. I just think that Greer is more effective. I mean, to be honest with you, how old is Craig Smith? 33. He's up. He's getting up there. Yeah, 33. He's, he's battled some injuries. He's not a very smooth skater. You know what I mean? He's very choppy. Um, but I mean, it's like me. The, le- <laughs> the league is just getting so much younger and faster. Yeah. Like, and I think he's just having trouble adapting to that. Well, what now, th- what thirty three year old could outskate the twenty two year olds? It's just not going to happen very often. Not very often, but I bet you there's some guys out there that could. I mean, Marshawn. Yeah, but how old is he now? Marshawn's like thirty four, thirty five. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think that's really that big of a 
you know, plus, plus with the, you know, a lot of it, it, it I, I would take experience over speed, you know, if a guy's producing and he's, you know, I mean, all these guys can skate, man. It's a, you know, you're probably talking about a fraction between most that, you know, <clears throat> there's only very, very few elite, elite skaters, you know, McCarr, McDavid, Pasta can do some serious stuff on his skates. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say Brad Marchand's the prettiest skater in the world, but his edges are incredible and he's yeah elusive and shifty as fuck. So his, his you know, you hit his edges are great. You know, he's I think he's still quick for 34 years old. But I think strong. one of the things that helps them at, you know, someone like Marshawn who's older is he's still able to read and react as a young kid. Unlike Craig Smith, who I feel is always like a second behind or, you know, just things like that. I feel like he's not reading the play as quickly as Marshawn or someone does or reacting something as quick. Like if you notice, like if Craig Smith gets 10 shot chances in a game, seven of them are getting blocked. Because his head is just buried into the ice. Yeah. Again, I don't yeah. think that's a. I don't think that's a skating issue. I just think that's a thought process thing. Like, well, he usually falls over after he shoots. <laughs> I, I mean, regardless, whatever's going on in the Bruins locker room right now is, you know, as a team, they're, you know, they're they're bought into what Montgomery is preaching, and they're buying into each other, and. I think you just got some really good leadership in that locker room right now that, yeah. you know, I mean, this, this could definitely be a cup can, if they can keep this, I mean, I'm sure they're going to hit a point in the season where they're going to go through a little bit of a bad stretch, but, and guys will get hurt and, you know, the wear and tear of the season. But um, I mean, this looks like a pretty, my only, I, I would say, you know, my only issue, I think, you know, long term would be maybe goaltending in the playoffs, whether or not Allmark can be that guy to, you know, throw the team on his back. Obviously, he's going to have the firepower up front, but, you know, well, you if got- he plays this way, I think he'll be fine. Everything yeah. tightens up in the playoffs. You're right. No, no, I, I agree. I think obviously the the playoffs get it's going to be tougher. Obviously, guys are going to be doing a lot more that they can't really usually do during the regular season. So, and you're going to have to fight tooth and nail for every inch that they get on play. So goaltending goal usually is a, plays a big part in playoff runs. So, you know, I mean, he's, I think what second in the league right now, uh, yeah, behind, behind Ottinger. So, you know, 1.96 goals against average, pretty freaking good. So, you know what? One of my biggest issues is right now, it's, it, it it irks me to know tomorrow. Obviously, you guys are going to laugh at me. Swayman and Elmark have like their goalie hug thing that they do, that, which I think is awesome. Nick Felino, you are not fucking Jeremy Swayman. Let it be, pal. All right? Let it be. <laughs> That's their thing. That's not your thing. Let it be. Uncle Nick's right? filling in. That's what Jack great said. This year, though. I, I don't give a fuck if he's scoring 35 goals every two games. That is not his thing. Go back to being bald and old and let the young guys do their hugouts. That's all. <laughs> Clance, I love it. Nah. No, it, that's annoying. I'm sorry. Like, it's the goalie thing, Felino. You're yeah. not a goalie. Deal with it. And I don't even like the goalie thing. I think it's cool. I think it's their thing. It's yeah. become a trend now because 
the Boston Pride go- uh, goalies do it now. Yeah, I saw that. You well, know? even even uh, after Elmark won the last game, you know, Kincaid came out and they did like a dap thing instead. That, that worked because exactly King, that's that's their thing now. You know, the whole exactly. goalie hug thing. That is like you said, it's an Ollie Swayman thing. That's it. I think Felino, next time we do a live show, we have to do something. Yeah, Felino, your job is to be a fourth line grinder. I'm not hand, hugging Merrill. Hand the young guys the towels after they get off. out of the shop. Oh, good Maybe. lord! Children watch this program. <laughs> What the hell just happened? Maybe. Uh, Meryl's having flashbacks of uh, Shawn Michaels and back in the WWF days. Harry chest uh, and all. I got my guy. <laughs> no, I just had I'm to get like that off that, that annoys me. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> Felino's trying to be like the cool guy now. Dude, you're old. You're bald. You can't do the goalie hug out thing. Just go to the locker room and high five everyone. Yeah, Bo- let boys. them always be weird themselves. Exactly. Exactly. Goalies are weird enough without any help, and I will speak to that firsthand. Coming live from the cringing Clancy Corner. <laughs> the Clancy <laughs> Cringe Corner. I like it. Well, oh, Clint, I, I'm I'm glad that you are now thrown into the fire mm-hmm. coaching because I just was at a tournament. Oh, we gotta hear this, Gordo. What have you seen? What have you heard? We're all ears. Go ahead, man. Well, it was one. It was a. It was a lot of fun. The parents had. A, well, I'd say the parents had a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> the, kids, the kids had fun too, um, but the 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 way the we <laughs> team did pretty well. Um, we we lost the game against the team. And just the way that the tournament was set up, there was no brackets. I think they just had like 10 teams at this, you know, at the might division. And so not all the teams played each other, obviously, because you only play three, three games and then they do the playoffs and all that. So the team that we lost to, they, they had another game uh, the second night, their third game, which they got pumped pretty bad. And the way that the tournament was structured, it was, you know, it would go, you know, standings. And then if there was a, 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 a tie to get into the playoffs, they would, every team that was, you know, tied, first it would be goals against, would be the first tiebreaker to get into the, 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 the next round of games. This is already sounding so, confusing, but go on. It's, it, is, <laughs> it, it is very confusing. Um, and to be honest with you, if I was the other team, I would have been pissed too, but just the, the, there was the rules of the tournament. And then we had one more game on the final day before the playoffs started. And basically we just had to win and not give up four goals or three goals or whatever it was, which we did. We won and we only gave up like three goals. So the tie break, you know, there's three teams tied for, you know, that third place spot. And uh, we had the least uh, goals against, so we snuck into that third spot to get into the uh, the semifinals. Puckeringly tight distances. Yeah. So the team that we lost to, though, they got bounced because they got smoked in one of their games. Um. So there was uh. Yeah. The next day at the rink before the playoffs, we had a nice. We had the cops come to the rink and. We had a parent going banana lands at the director and Ooh, banana land. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so for eight year old hockey, 
So, and I, and I, I would have been totally glad to get back in my car and <laughs> head back home and catch the rest of the football games for the day. And the kids had enough fun over the weekend, but it was, man, dude, just like. He went and, full George Brett. And they, they came to our game and they were like chirping our parents and our kids. And what? Kids, I guess. And, oh, dude, it was fucking insane. insane. What, what, were, what were some of the lists of demands of the irate parent? I got to know. Just like our team sucked and we play because we play in different leagues and like we didn't deserve to be there, which was, you know, hey, we had the same fucking record you did. Yeah, we lost to you, but the other teams we beat handily and we didn't give up many goals like our, you know, my team played pretty, pretty decent. So and that was days that somebody didn't cold cock somebody. It was getting close, man. They were like, this kid was threatening the, one of the dads was like threatening everybody, threatening the director. And, you know, he already had like a track record from the program that he came from apparently. And, um, you know, so but the parole just, program, apparently. Yeah. Just like <laughs> shit with a shit with like referees. And he got like kicked. I guess he got fired from, he couldn't coach the team anymore. And he was just like a, then a parent at, you know, his son was still playing on the team and I don't know. How it many times different. how many times can one person get banned from the same league over and over again? You must Well, ask. this was a tournament. So it was not, you know, it's just USA sanction. It's not like the their whatever league they play in, they, you know, it was just a tournament. He's not on the bench anymore. But he was, you know, dude, it was crazy, man. Like sure. he was almost in, he was almost in tears. Their parents are going crazy and just saying dumb shit and, you know, Gordo, I don't know. Gordo, was there at any point a moment where you thought to yourself, oh, man, am I going to have to sort this guy out? Well, I'm surprised that nobody videotaped it just in today's day and age and, like, with rink shrinks and all that shit. I figured this would be, like, a rink shrink special. Like, this guy would be uh, plastered all over, you know, Twitter the next day. And I don't think – I think everyone – I don't know. Who knows? Either that or everyone was hung over from the night before and they just didn't give a shit. But I'm gonna go with that that reason. Sounds yeah. plausible. And yeah. have them lock have them lost their phones. Well, I mean, we got, you know, we we the way I, our schedule was set up, like we were going into the, that final morning being like, All right, we gotta win and we can't give up this many goals. And if we, you know, do that, we'll have a chance to maybe get into the to the semifinal round. And the kids did what they needed to do. And, you know, the rules were the rules. And, you know, I didn't make them. So, you know, but again, it's like these fucking, it's seven and eight year olds. Like my, my guy just turned eight today. Happy birthday, Heath. Love you, buddy. Whoop, whoop. Um, hmm. But, you know, this kids are seven and eight years old. Who get like, who gives a shit, man? Exactly. That's that parents NHL contract walking around out there, buddy. Well, I mean, I've been coaching for a long time now and I've been around the game forever. And, you know, every year I bitch and complain, but I always come back to it because I love it. And, you know, and I like, I, I, and, you know, this last couple of years has been awesome because, you know, Clancy, you'll experience like, you know, you coaching my son and, He's, he's having fun and it was just, it was his first tournament to get away and like, you know, bond with his teammates and like the kids were running around the hotel and all that shit all weekend and going banana lands and 
you know, eating everything they're not supposed to eat and drinking everything they're not supposed to drink and, you know, swimming before hockey games and, you know, all the regular stuff that. And that's what hockey tournaments are supposed to be like yeah. for kids. Yeah. Wait a so minute. What, just, what, were, what were the eight year olds drinking? They weren't supposed to be drinking. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, no. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> well, at least my sons, Coca-Cola and all that jazz, all that shit, shit that they're not supposed to drink. Uh, that's just like that's embarrassing, and it, my heart breaks for for those kids. Like they shouldn't have to deal with that stuff. I and well, the the other shitty part is that one of my coaches, his son plays on my team. He also plays on that team, which is kind of a weird story in itself. But and you know, he chose to play with our team for the weekend, and um, I'm sure that didn't yeah. help things in the well, other guy's uh, eyes. Well, which I'm sure was a tough decision for the family too. Like you know, but. Um, you know, he had told them up front, you know, he was going to play for our team for the weekend. So they, they knew that going in and, um, and, you know, they kind of like, we're trying to like blackball him now. And, you know, so now it's like, he's in a weird position. I don't, I don't think there, he's going to go back to that program. I think he's just going to stick with us the rest of the season, but you know, it just sucks, man. It just, and the only the only people that ever lose out in any of this is the, always the kids. Kids, always, yep. always, always, always. Every time, it's never the. You know, a parent opens up the gate and screams at a fucking fifteen-year-old kid ref in a hockey game. It doesn't affect the that guy's just a douchebag, but it affects his kid forever because everyone knows that kid's dad's a dickhead. And then people aren't going to want that. They, they won't take the kid just because they don't want to deal with the parent. It's, you know, it sucks, man. Yeah. It just and you plays. know what? Then little Johnny's got to go to school on Monday and all his little buddies are, are laughing because, oh, did you hear what Johnny's dad did? He opened the door and yelled at the ref. Like, you know, that's embarrassing to the kid. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, you know, it just stinks, man. I, you know, we've talked about it before on the, on the podcast. It's, I don't know how you change it. I mean, there's always been crazy hockey parents and, you know, but the one thing, I mean, you know, even the refereeing up, I've been up to this tournament a bunch of, bunch of times with various teams and as an independent coach, not with my kids, obviously, but um, you know, and it's always been a, I know the guy that owns the the tournament group and he always does a nice job, puts together nice tournaments. It's, it's a great location up there in the mountains. Um and, uh, you know, they always have some pretty decent teams. So it's a good get little getaway and, you know, some fun hockey for all the kids. And, um, you know, but then you get like this shit and it's just like, you know, when does it ever, I don't know. It's weird. Like my, uh, I'm, I'm actually pretty proud of like my parent group. Like, you know, I told them at the start of the season, like just, I keep, and I've sent it to them an email many times, just go to the games, enjoy your son's, you know, you're not going to get that time back. Like enjoy it now. You never know two years from now, they might not even like hockey and not even want to play anymore. So it's all about getting away and, you know, being in the car with your kids and conversations and quality time. And, you know, like, I mean, obviously I'd love for my sons to play hockey long-term, but you know, I don't know. That's I don't their know choice. Them. It's their choice. Like, if, uh, you know, we expose them to every sport. They, they play baseball. They play lacrosse. They play this, that, whatever, hockey. And, you know, same thing I did. And then at some point, I just was like, I love hockey. That's what I want to do. And I'm sure my sons will get to a point and they're either going to, you know, 
whatever sport. I don't. Or I don't. Really or they'll be like Clance and go. I want to rip slap shots all day, but man, that fastball felt good. Yeah. 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 Which is or or which dad, is, I'd rather go swing a golf club. I mean, okay, let's oh, go. If they say they want to swing a golf club for the rest of their life, and I can caddy, and you know, like I said, I I just want to spend time with my <laughs> kids. Um. So whether it's in a rink, on a golf course, whatever, like, I don't, I don't know. It's just so, there's so many, like, there's social media, there's podcasts. We talk about it fucking all the time. You get the rink shrinks. It's like a known thing. Like they, like, that's like their thing now, right? Like every week there's some stupid dipshit parent that's doing something stupid and they're going to get called out by Mots and, you know, it's like, I don't understand how parents don't like get can't it. control can't control their emotions enough to be like, all right, this really fucking sucks. You know, yeah, it's stupid. I don't like the rule or whatever, but I just gotta like, all right, we're packing our stuff up and we're heading home, I guess. Like look at society. Society's fucking a complete dumpster fire. So like it, it's just like a, it's like anything else. I feel like it's a cross section of society. Like there's there's just there's there's mutants everywhere, unfortunately, that that can't uh, that can't control themselves. It, it's unfortunate because you're totally right. Like the kids are the ones that suffer. They're the ones that have to that bear the brunt of it. They, you know, the parents just go to their job and whatever, and, and you know they don't have to see what their kid has to go through. Be like, hey, did you see Jimmy's dad? Uh, uh, you know, go into the locker room and, and and shit like that. And and you know, it just it's bad. It, it's awful yeah. for the kids, especially. Yeah. I mean, and then parents can't figure out why, you know, we can't have any good refs anymore. And there's like a huge ref shortage and, you know, or or like, you know, there's like known programs, especially in this area. It's just like, it's like toxic city. Like, you know, yeah, the hockey's good in that, in that league, but you know, this program's toxic. This one's toxic. A toxic yeah. program will not help your kid's development. It will not help anybody's social standing. It's just not going to help. I mean, and one of the other things I wanted to ask you guys, I mean, Clance, you and Gordo especially, because you guys see it now doing all the different levels of coaching, the referee shortage. Have you seen a game actually canceled because of a lack of a ref at this point? Or have you guys been seeing it squeak by by the skin of its teeth? I mean, for me, I mean, where my son is just starting out, it's, you know, there's, it's three on three cross ice if there's no reps or anything. But I mean, I got back into coaching a few weeks ago um, over at the Terriers coaching the U14 full season team with a friend of mine. And, you know, this past weekend we had a game and we only had one ref because the game before one of the refs was getting verbally abused so bad that he just skated off and went home. Just said the heck with it. Yeah, I mean, and I was there watching some of the game, obviously, because I got there a little bit early, and I'm not going to name programs, but, like, the stuff that these parents say out loud in public, like, it's just awful. Like, do I love the fact that my kids want to play hockey? Absolutely. Do I want them to play hockey, in all honesty? No, because I don't want them to have to deal with that. I don't want my kid being eight, nine years old playing, you know, for whatever team being verbally assaulted by a 56-year-old asshole 
that can't even spell the word hockey, but he thinks he knows everything about it. You know, and that's what I feel like. It's the irate parents that we always hear about and see are typically the ones that have never played the sport, who don't understand the game, don't understand the rules, but just think that they do. I watch it on TV. I'm an expert. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know? Well, I think I think COVID really. I think you had some guys that were probably hanging around a little longer than they probably should have been. But you know, there are so many leagues now, and there's so much hockey that you know they were already having a tough time, like keeping it staffed as is. And then COVID happens, and then you've got like a real, you know. And now, now the issue is, is that you don't have people that want to ref anymore. So you've got a lot of these older, older guys and gals that were like, you know, I did my time COVID. I think it's time to sail off into the sunset. I'm good. Like it was fun. And now you've got the, you know, the remaining referees in the area that, you know, want to continue to do it but it, there's not enough of them and it's, they're having a really hard time getting people to actually just sign up and like take the jump to get into it. I've and thought about it. I don't know if I would, be willing to do it. Honestly, I've, I've me personally, I've been asked to, and I'm like, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. Like, what do you mean? Oh yeah. I'll throw you on the lines. You'll, you'll figure it out. You play. And I probably would, but I just, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm already doing enough with coaching and everything else. Like, you know, I don't, and I, I certainly, certainly wouldn't want to be on the ice and have some, you know, I'm reffing a squirt game and I got some dad that's never played hockey, you know, telling me what offsides is and, you know, or I got parents. I've had multiple people tell me not to do it. And I, I, I would be willing and able to, I've had multiple people who in hockey, and one actually official officiates now. He's like, it's not fucking worth it. And that's a guy who's an official yeah. who's telling me not to do it. It's yeah. broken. I thought it, I thought the it, same thing, honestly. It's like, well, I'm not the greatest player, obviously, but I could definitely get out there and give back to the community a little bit. And Clance, I think you were even one of the guys originally at one time that said, Benny, if you love this game, it ain't worth it right now. It's just not it's worth not, it right now. The, and the worst part is it doesn't end when the game ends. These parents will fucking follow a ref outside. They'll break into the fucking ref's room. There was a few few months ago, there was like a 14-year-old girl that got harassed so bad she started bawling her eyes out, and they were banging on the fucking lock at the referee's door to keep yelling at her. She's 14 years old. Was that the game Lounsbury was at? Not that yeah. it was his team. But. No, this this is a different game. Oh, okay. The, the Lounsbury team was when the, you know the girl... She got very upset, and uh, Lonsbury's team went over to check on her and make sure she was okay. Which is a yeah. bunch of, if I understand right, well, first, second, third grade girls, right? Yeah. There's so many incidents. That's the problem is that they, we're, there's so many incidences, and they, they happen all over the place, all over the country, in USA and Canada. Like, it, it, it's not just a mass thing. It's just, it's it's a, it's a. No, a it's, certainly, it's certainly not a mass thing, and it's not a, just a hockey thing either. So it's it's sport wide. It's every sport, man. At, and every, it, at it's every even level. affecting. It affects high school hockey too now. <clears throat> you know because I mean, there's so many high school games going on on a weekly basis that <clears throat> with with such a shortage, they don't have enough refs to coach the youth teams. They don't have enough refs to to ref the you know high school games. Sometimes at the JV level, we only have one ref. 
And it's and and then not only is it one ref, it's what's the quality of that one ref. Exactly. It's yeah. usually an older guy that's extremely bitter that he's the only one there. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to have to hoof back and forth up and down the ice by himself from goal line to goal line because that's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it just, it sucks. Parents, get your heads out of your asses and cut the shit. Well, I can say that's my first, I want to say in at least the last 10 years of coaching, that I've actually seen like live something like that, which is weird because I've been in a ton of rinks and I've seen a lot of crap. Um, I haven't seen something like that in a long time. So I don't know if it's just cause I'm lucky or, but um, you know, and, 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 and too, like when I coach, like, I can't remember the last time I've said anything to a referee. Right. Because why would you as a decent coach? Well, I just, it's like you, once the game starts, like even this weekend, like we had our first game, we had a a man, woman staff. They did a fantastic job. They both understood the game and it's mites, you know, they let them play a little bit, but within reason. And it was a good flow to the game. And they called it appropriately. And then, you know, we come we come back um, our second game and third game. And, you know, we had a young kid reffing both. And he obviously was, you know, and then you you couple that with you got parents, you know, it's my hockey. Everyone's excited. The parents are going bananas in the stands. And, you know, that's a lot for a kid to like you know, manage and like, you know, you could tell the kid was kind of, he was freezing at points, like unsure whether he should call a penalty, you know, whether or not he just didn't want to kill the flow of the game or he just was unsure. And, you know, I had a couple of my coaches were like, you know, they weren't happy with the calls, but, um, you know, I'm like, guys, he's not this kid's, you know, we're three periods in here. And this guy hasn't made a, a call for, you know, body contact all, all game. He's probably not going to start doing it now. So, you know, I, I just find it just, it's easier. And two, when I'm like that acting, you know, not giving the ref a tough time on our bench, more times than not, the other coach stays pretty even keel. I find um, not all of them, but a good majority of the game, like, you know, it's mostly the parents, I would say. So I haven't really run into too many. I've never seen a, I've never coached in a game where I've seen the other coach get thrown out. So, or, or nor have I been at a game where I've seen a parent get tossed for, you know, being ultra insane. So I guess that's good, but. Clint, we saw a couple of those. Yep. I've seen plenty of it on social media. I can say that. But I mean, here's the thing I will say. Clance, you've you've said it many times, and I'm I'm sure, Gordy, you've said the same thing. At the beginning of the season, you tell your parents, this is the expectation, this is what I expect. I'm the coach, you know, you go right down the list, you know, you, you don't yell at officials and, and you know, and 
I think it starts too at the top. I, I think that if the coach announced says that like, you're going to hold them accountable, you know, I, I think that helps. I mean, not that it's a silver, but I think it helps in you guys' case. Whereas like if the head coach or the, the guy who's running the program is a loose cannon, I think that trickles down to everybody else. Oh yeah. If the mm-hmm. guy calling the shots is all over the place, then that just gives the signal to everybody else in the immediate surrounding area, whether it be parent or otherwise, oh, coach is off the handle. I guess that means it's okay for me to do whatever I want. And that sets the precedent right there. Well, yeah. I hope I hope eventually this gets better. So I'll leave I it. Ho- I hope so too. I, I don't it's just wrong. You know? Yeah. I mean I who knows, man? It's just like Eventually, I, I think it's going to get to the point where hockey is just so, at least in this area, I think there's just there's way too many leagues between club and, and house hockey, and there's just, we already have a ref shortage as is. I think, you know, eventually you're just going to be showing up to games and you're going to be lucky if you have one ref, let alone two. And I think some of it, I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to be able to, to have enough referees come out to, you know, and then I think that's, you're going to see that affect some of these leagues where it's like, you know, maybe it'll affect town hockey first where it's like, well, we make more money ref and club games. So we're going to do the club games. Sorry. Like we don't have enough referees and you know, that's going to be a bad when that, if that ever comes, that's going to be bad news. Bad news bears all over that one. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now, let me just ask, because we're, we're on this, and we're on this train pretty heavy right now, and I think we're going somewhere with it. What, what kind of punishments could you foresee in an extreme circumstance, and we'll go around the horn with this, in an attempt to try to fix this, in an attempt to try to make something right on the behalf of the referees, because for the first time in hockey, someone needs to do something. Is it too far to be offering full-length, or possibly even lifetime bans for the players on behalf of the parents if it warrants such a thing. I I personally I would not punish the kid. You can't punish the kid for his parents being assholes. But on like the fifth offense, maybe at that you, point. You, but but the kid's not doing anything. Right. You're gonna pe- you're gonna penalize the kid because his parents are being fucking morons. And certainly, no one wants to see that. But what else but do you what, do to get that's the point? I'm saying, I'm saying, how parent, you you don't allow parents into the rink to watch games. I had a, I had a kid that I grew. Up, he was probably a couple of years younger than me, but his dad was like notorious, like madman. He used to get kicked out. He he did. He started getting banned from rinks, and he would start showing up with like fake mustaches and like wigs and shit, like trying to get into the rink. And I I think it's gonna be. I I agree with Clance on this one big time. Like I, you just, you know, again, like I feel bad for the kid, right? Always like you can't, you can't blame the kid for his, you know, what his mom or dad's doing in the stands. Like it's just, you know, but, you know, just because you get banned from anything, it's just like, how do you monitor it? Right. And, and certainly, just to be clear, I'm not saying that people should be penalizing kids for what the parents do. I'm saying in, in a wild world situation, worst case. But I don't agree with that any more than you guys do. But there's got to be something so, to be done. There's got to be some kind of, like you just said, a monitored 
list. And I don't know how on earth you would ever do something like that, but something's got to be well, done here. Unfortunately, you know what you know what ends up happening is the only way anything's going to get accomplished is if there's somebody gets assaulted, cops get called, and then that's when something will happen. That's what it usually takes, unfortunately. Oh, hey, there we go. Just, how, how many times does but, that happen, though? But at the same time, if I'm the I'm the owner of the Boston Junior Terriers, all right, and little Johnny's dad has been warned five six times for you know his language and how he's acting. Well, as the pro- owner of the program, most likely the general manager of the arena, I would have a meeting with that family and be like, "Sir, you whoever if it's the wife, husband, whatever, you are no longer allowed in this rink to watch any more games." And then you have your employees know who it is. You have someone at the door whenever that kid's game is up. And if he tries to walk in, you say, sorry, Mr. Gordon, you're not allowed in here. If you remember the meeting you had, Mr. Clancy, you're not allowed in the rink anymore. If you're going to cause a scene, I'm going to call the local police. But here's the issue, though, right? Because this has happened before. So you tell the dad that and he tells you to go F yourself. I'm taking my kid out of your program. And there's, you know, two other leagues in the state that I could go put my kid in. So he takes him, pulls him out of there. If he has the money, starts calling a couple other programs. Yeah, I left, you know, so-and-so club team, and I'm looking for a spot for my kid. You think they're going to turn down his money? But don't you also think that all those owners know each other? And if they say, hey, I got this guy, kid, I don't think- dad called me, said he just left your program. Like, what's going on? Not with oh, money yeah, he in left hand. Be- he left because I banned him from the arena. Well, that, because, that he's, might, because he's that, a raging asshole. That might be true, like, league to league. I think, you know, within their, like, the different leagues, I think, yeah, I do think there are a lot of owners that talk to each other. I know a lot of them have boards, and they talk frequently in owners' meetings and stuff like that, but they can't prohibit a parent from leaving and going and playing in another club program that's not in their league. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is if, you know, Mr. Gordon pulls his son out of the Boston Junior Terriers and goes to try to get on another team, but that other team's owner happens to know the owner of the Terriers. You don't think they're going to pick up a phone and say, hey, why'd this guy leave? Oh, okay, he's a dickhead. He fucking causes a scene every game. I kicked him out of the rink, and I bent. You, I, I don't, don't care how much money is. Right. That owner's going to be like, I don't want that type of reputation involved with my program. And I, sure. that's that's also assuming that these program owners would know each other, would have the presence of mind to inform the other one and do it in a timely fashion that prevents person A from being able to sign up. And you also got to hope that that other owner, who might be your friend, doesn't want that dude's money. I mean, ballpark here, guys. How much does it cost for one kid in one program, even if you're picking it up halfway through the season? We're talking a couple of grand. Yeah. Yeah. But you'd be surprised. Ben, I, I bet you more than 90% of the owners in these leagues all know each other. Oh, they have to to survive. Sure There's they, no way I'm, otherwise. I'm sure they do, man. Trust me. I know that they do. But I'm, I, I personally believe at the end of the day, it, unless, unless there was a strict directive from USA Hockey or Mass Hockey for that parent to never be allowed in a rink again, that guy's going to end up somewhere. Trust me, there's somebody out there that will take that guy's money. I'm telling you. Oh, every time, no doubt. And it's not which even is, a matter which of is, if. Which is, it's, it's, it's wrong, but it's, I've, I've seen it happen. 
I've seen guys not pay their club tuition and then they go and jump and go play on another club program and then not pay their tuition there and then go jump and play in another one. Now you owe four leagues for four different teams. And and then, and then you have that reputation of just being, you know, the owner, Oh, I'm desperate. I needed this guy, blah, blah, blah. You know? Yep. It's kind of, it's kind of like the Boston Bruins and Mitch Miller. It's like a hand. Oh, geez. There's a perfect segue there, Clance. Absolutely. It's a great segue, Clance. Finish that thought, Gordo. We're going to jump right in. No, no. Let's, uh, I, I think we've beaten the drum on the, uh, the youth hockey side plenty here. Yeah. And I, think I got one more thing. He's got one more thing. Just all, one more all thing. All I know is that when I win either the Powerball or the Mega Millions tonight or tomorrow, and I build my own rink and my, start my own program. And Gordo, I'm hiring you to be the general manager and running it. And I'm going to pay you like a hundred grand a year. Oh, it's going to be in your fucking contract that you do not allow dickhead parents, no matter how much money they have, into the Clancy Chief program. Well, if there's any parents Ooh. out there, or anybody, if there's anybody out there in Causeway Kingland that wants to build an arena and let me and Clancy start a top-of-the-line hockey program with no bullshit, and it's all about development, and um, we're ready. I've got the blueprint. I'm, I've been I got, I've been sitting on this thing for a while. Um, you got the I, blueprint, and I got the gear and jerseys, baby. Yeah. I, I'm, it's, you know, trust me, man, I hate most of the shit that's around here, and then, you know, most of these leagues and stuff, and I just – you know, I, to be honest with you, you know what I really fucking miss? But I just, I miss town hockey, man. I I fucking loved playing for Pembroke when I was a kid. I loved playing with my buddies. Yeah, was there bullshit with that too? Sure. But, you know, everyone's paying not a lot of money. It's a lot of fundraising and donations. And, like, you know, they're just doing what they can so kids can play and, you know, I don't, the, this, the, the club shit around here is so watered down and, you know, it, and I'm, I'm fucking a hated man on most of these leagues islands. So I wouldn't get in a fucking league, even if I did have the money and a rank and, a, you know, so because <laughs> the, the hockey tar- cartel is big and they don't, they don't, they like their money. So That's right. The Bruins will sign you. Well, I mean, do we do, do, we, we, do we do we even want, open that can we, of worms? Do we even want to talk about that? Do we even want to give? I'm POS. just gonna throw. I'm just gonna just be candid for five seconds. Candid. Do we clients. even want to? Do we even want to give that piece of shit human any of our airtime? A few breaths, not really, but a few breaths. I don't. I don't think I would necessarily, I think everyone knows the story. I don't know if I'd necessarily want to talk about the kid. I mean, the only thing I would want to talk about is one, how Neely and Sweeney both still have a job. Um, it's It's not like that story wasn't a known thing. And now you've got a kid that's not playing hockey right now. That's getting paid by the Boston Bruins. And they're not giving him little money either. No, it paid in the, the top, the top amount you can pay an AHL, uh, an AHL player. So yeah, it's I like, think uh, he's getting like three hundred twenty thousand. I mean, unbelievable. Dude, you know, listen, I'm, 
do people make mistakes? A hundred percent. I've made a fucking thousand mistakes in my life and I pay for, and I've paid for a lot of them, but you know, in this instance, you know, like I get, there was a, so much back and forth and I know Twitter was on fire. Twitter was on fire when they, when Arizona drafted that kid. And because of that backlash, that kid suffered immensely. And I just think, unfortunately, in today's day and age where it this world is run by money and corporate sponsorships and everything else, like, you just, you know, it's just the way America is now, man. There's got to be a flag for everything. Everyone has to have a bit in it, even if it doesn't even have anything to fucking do with the business or the sport. Um, you know, and I trust me, if there's anyone that believes in second chances, it's certainly fucking this guy talking right now. Um, I'm lucky to still be here and I'm lucky to have, you know, a lot of people gave me a second chance and a lot of friends gave me a second chance. So, um, I just think in today's world, you know, where you have to answer to the paying customer in the NHL, you know, and if you have people that won't buy your merchandise and they won't buy your tickets and they're going to boycott your team and what you're doing, even if it was, you know, I don't know, man. I just am like, like, fuck that kid. And I don't, I just think there's just too many, like, I don't believe him. Unfortunately, I don't believe his apology. Um, I don't think the judge believed his apology way back when he went to court. Um, I don't care that he has a black agent now. And this guy's speaking on his behalf. I think that's just a dog and pony show. I don't think the kid's remotely sincere. I just think he's an entitled dickhead and he wants to fucking play hockey because that's all he's done his whole life. Um, you know, shame on his parents for fucking letting him get away with doing that shit. But the fact that the the Boston Bruins, so we are off to the best start. This team has had in how many years since the great depression was the last time they had a, a start this good 1929 and you couldn't ask for a better captain and you couldn't ask for a better like you got some really fucking so you know, yeah i mean was Marshawn a shithead back in the day yeah but he Definitely. figured it out, and he never did half the things that this kid was accused of and oh, yeah, proven no, no, guilty no, no, no. of. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like he's grown as a person. He's become a really good leader in that locker room. He's respected around the league. You know, he still does his dirty little shit, but that's just the type of player he is. But you know, and then Bergeron, like you talked about the Tage Thompson thing, like he's just the guy's a got a fucking heart of gold. He's just a fucking just a you know top notch human. And, and he's the leader of that, that group. I can't imagine having to go to Patrice Bergeron and trying to explain why they signed that guy and that he's going to be coming into that locker room. I, I couldn't even, I know he said what he said on a couple of interviews or whatever. And that's just like, you know, I'm sure if you asked him behind closed doors, what he really thought, I don't think there was one fucking guy in that locker room that wanted that kid there. 
and fucking shame on Neely and shame on Sweeney for fucking signing that kid. And then, and then pretending like they didn't know half of the story and then pretending like, you know, they didn't do their due enough due diligence on it, blah, blah, blah. That's a fucking crock of shit. They try to sneak one under the radar. You know, the kid, the kids, you know, is he a good fucking player? Yes. If we're just talking about hockey, is the kid a good player? Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, I want to say he's like one of the top scoring defensemen ever in the USHL, maybe. I could be wrong. He had had 86 points in 60 games. I mean, in the USHL, dude, that's pretty fucking good. And when before this all came out during his draft day, he was projected to be a, you know, middle first rounder. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, the rumors started flying about him having some character issues and this and that. And then Arizona drafts him, and then all this stuff came out. Yeah. And, you know, and you know, go to, like, I agree with you. Everyone deserves a second chance, right? Like you said yourself, you you have people get – you you bettered yourself, though. You changed your life around. Like, you're an amazing human being, and I'm honored to call you a friend. You know, this kid, what he did, no remorse whatsoever. The only apology he ever did was a court-mandated apology, and it wasn't even directed towards the goddamn kid or his family. No, he never called the kid. He did some, like, bullshit fucking Instagram, like, you know, I'm sorry, like, thing. Like, yeah. I did, dude, this world is so disgusting. In- uh, like, a lot of days I wake up and I'm like, how the fuck do we, is, like, this country, man, like, right now, <laughs> like Meryl it's- said, it, it's fucking, you know, I try to stay off Twitter and shit because I, I don't want to know yeah. half the shit that's going on in this world because I just, like, you know, I just, like, it's just too much, dude. But this, know, this one was like, this thing was just like for the hockey space. It, if you got, I'm sure, you, I know you guys are on Twitter because I follow all you guys, but, you know, I, I mean, obviously I, I was involved in the women's hockey for a while. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff there with, you know, whatever, gay, gay pride, you know, trans, lesbian, like they have a lot of followers from that. Like, you know, demographic from that demographic, which is important to them. It's important to that league. And there's a lot of people that are fans of the NHL that are also like that. And, you know, there's and then you have the fucking Team Canada shit. I mean, again, it all goes back to. Yeah, it all goes back to the sponsorship and, you know, money like these there's there's people's there's people from all walks of life that are Bruins fans. I don't give a fuck what you are. Like if you like hockey, you, I I like you. I don't give a fuck what color your hair is, what your fucking gender bullshit, all that stuff. I don't give a fucking rat's ass. If you like hockey, you like hockey. Is there a lot of shit that's wrong with the NHL? Yeah. Yeah, a lot, but you know what though? I mean you, no one can say that the, the players now, I don't think, I don't think the, the, a lot of the players are pretty fucking straight edge fucking kids that, mm-hmm. you know, a, 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 a high majority, of, I think, are pers- personally, you know, back in the day was like, you know, chasing women, fucking drinking beer, guys were all taking drugs, steroids, you name it. Like there was a lot of shit in just hockey in general. And, you know, it's all really starting to, like, 
You see it with players. You see it with coaches. You see it with GMs. You see it with organizations, Team Canada. Like, you, dude, you're under a fucking microscope 24-7 now. If you're in the limelight, it's just the way the world is. So, I don't know. I just, like, I don't know. the other. But the other shitty part is I don't know how you fire the GM and the president in the middle of, like, the best season, the, the best team they've had since they won the cup <laughs> fucking ever. Right. Right. Like I said it was more of a reflection of the locker room, how solid it is than, than Sweeney or Neely. Like, you know what I found disgusting was that they had Patrice Bergeron do an interview with Elliot Friedman, where he's answered the, asked the question directly in a, about, about Miller. And he provides an answer. Whereas hockey night in Canada asks, uh, Sweeney to come on in intermission of the uh, Bruins Maple Leafs game and in, in, in uh, Sweeney won't even go on. Nope. Like how fucking weaselly is that? Like, I mean, it, you know, there's so many different angles to the story and, and none of them are good. I mean, just from a Bruins perspective, that is just, that is just an absolute disgrace that you let He's the a coward for it and you won't. And yeah, he did a press conference, but he, again, he, he, or he did a, a zoom um, it just, you, you know, he, at the end of the day, he needed to, he needed to do like an in-depth real Q and a, I didn't really feel like that was, um, that was done. And that was early on before all these facts, even more facts came out and, and real quick, I just wanted to say, like I was saying before we'd started the pod Gordo, I, I actually listened to the Cam and Strick podcast that had, um, they had the, his agent Eustace King on there. And like, I was telling uh, Clance, like after hearing the agent talk, I feel like he made the kid look even worse. The, the, the Miller kid, because the, obviously we know it was it wasn't just a one one off like bad incident like this kid got pleasure off of off of torment in this kid like he he got a high off it um but the other thing is is that the, the whole push pop incident was that he said the, the agent king said that he they actually gave or him and his friend actually tried to give the pop to three other people before they gave it to Isaiah. So it's like, okay, so you're not saying that you're exactly targeting him, but what you're saying is that like, this is just standard behavior for the kid that he's just, he's just a complete lunatic. And he just like, he, and again, it just, just furthers the statement that I just said, like he, he takes pleasure in in this kind of stuff. He's a freaking sociopath. I think really right. Right along that same line of thought with you, man. I mean, as the information was coming out, breaking news story, I mean, it was in our text chain. I think we started right off, and it was like, does this kid even deserve a chance here, knowing what we don't know it yet? We didn't even know what we didn't know at that point. And it was like, nope, you, you don't do stuff like that. And I was of the mindset of, Gordon, like you, all right, well, everyone deserves another chance in life. Let's, let's see what the facts are. Let's see what this guy actually did. And the more I read, the more information that became available, and just so quickly one after another report after report after report it just got to the point so quickly it was like yikes i started by saying get this dude another chance but you know what shut the book on him and throw it away you don't get to live your life like that i mean detailed detailed reports going back to first grade there is nothing in my lifetime that i did in first grade that is going to prevent me from doing something in life now at 34 
There's just, there's nothing. You don't. That's what you think. You don't know what I know about you. No, <laughs> Can you tell me? I don't even know what you know about me. <laughs> but, but you see the point, though. It's like, you know, everybody is so quick to say, sure, you know, second chance. What do you need? What'd you do? Because your second and third chance, it really depends on what you did. You know, I mean, did you hurt somebody? Did you cause irreplaceable harm or irreparable damage? What happened in your situation? You know, Gordo, you talked about how everyone gave you a second chance, too, when you needed it. Because, you know, the things that you were talking about met that criteria. You didn't hurt anybody. You didn't ruin somebody else's life. You didn't do something so detrimental that the whole world is going to look and go, yeah, no, dude, here's your rock. You live under this now. And that's that. This kid put himself exactly in that particular spot. And the fact that he's just... I mean, not even just this time around, but throughout all those reports, throughout the trial, throughout the hearings, everybody said the same thing. This dude has shown ben, zero remorse. Ben, it's amazing. Honestly, this isn't hyperbole. It's amazing the victim didn't kill himself. I mean, honestly, honestly, yeah. Well, if you guys read his, he finally put out, a, I think that was kind of the icing on the cake, right? It's, yeah. Yep. And I was just going to bring that up, Gordo. And to really quickly paraphrase it, tell anyone that wants to know, Mitchell's not my friend. He never has been my friend. He's made my life a living hell. Mitchell, if you're reading this, I hate you. Stay away from me and don't ever talk about me again. That says enough right there. Well, he also mentioned in there that he thought about taking his own life. You know, and again, guys, there's, is there two sides to every story? Yeah. Yep. But the kids, you know, I mean, coming from my, you know, my walk of life and it's like, you know, when I figured my shit out, like, you know, that you get on the, you got to go out and make amends. Right. And I did with a lot of fucking people. And I don't, I didn't see, you know, again, I'm, I'm trying to take everything at face value. I wasn't there. I don't know the, I don't know the full story, you know, the kids, the kids autistic. And this is, you know, the mom's the one doing all the cheerleading and doing all the talking. Is it a true story? Is it not a true story? I don't, we weren't there, so we don't really know. But the more the story came out and the more that you kind of, you know, read about him never stepping up and, you know, I mean, it's not like the kid's parents don't have money. Hopping on a plane, setting up a meeting, trying to talk to the kid, trying to make amends. I know the agent set up a bunch of stuff and he was supposed to do all this shit and whether he was going to do it or not, that's another story. Um, but I think they, I mean, obviously that agent works for a big firm, I'm assuming, right? He, he does. Yep. Yep. So it's like, all right, how do we get this to get turned into a better light? Well, let's give him an agent that's black, which mm-hmm. did, right. And see if we can spin this a little bit. And again, it comes down to money, dude. That fucking guy's gonna get if this kid gets back and in fucking into the NHL and playing hockey again, buku dollar. He's gonna make money. The he's, he, the I don't see him ever stepping ice on the NHL. Oh, never. I he's, never. He's gonna end up over in Europe. <clears throat> well, and not too long what was it a week or two after that, the kid from Montreal, Logan Mayu. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me. 
It's so. it's been a wild ride to say the least, but I mean, mm-hmm. e- even if this does happen, I mean, unfortunately, the Bruins signed the contract. That's what happened. So he's now protected by the NHLPA. He's got mm-hmm. rights. He's I, got defendable rights to to the detest and, and and distastement of everybody in the situation. I mean, really, the biggest eyesore here is the fact that the Boston Bruins, an original six franchise, allowed this to happen. I don't care whose fault it was. The organization as a whole let this happen. And to be to be frank, we would have beat Toronto if they hadn't pulled this crap. But they did anyway, and well, I mean, talk about, talk about bad timing. I mean, right? You're number you're, one. What are you your doing? Team's, your team's rolling. Everyone was like, ah, the defense and this and that and goaltending, and and then boom, they come out and they are just on firing on all cylinders. And then you get Marshy comes back early. Now McAvoy's back, and then you then boop out of nowhere. Hey, we're signing this Miller kid, and everyone's like, what the. F- fuck is going on right now yeah it makes zero sense zero just doesn't i think i mentioned this to you guys in the group it's like i mean you already fucking bit the bullet dude i i would i would send his ass right down to the american league and they're gonna fucking chew that kid up and i mean every time that kid steps on the ice he's the dead man walking no, not even on the ice dude stepping foot in the fucking providence bruins locker room with jd greenway yeah. There's well, no way that they'll ever let him. You know how many sponsors would pull out? I mean, the, well, that's the other thing. Like, Rapid Seven, which is not like the Jersey logo sponsoring the Bruins. Like, I think they got it going through their minds now, pulling their sponsorship, eating the money and letting it go. Well, that, this the is, same thing. Again, this is the world we live in, right? All of a sudden, if you have any association with the Boston Bruins from, you know, uh, what's it, uh, Echo Star to. Rapid seven to you name it. If you get a billboard, if you got anything, you're on their helmets, you're on their jersey, you're on the billboards, you're on the fucking stupid screen things they got now on the the rink. Oh, I hate that. That's the worst. The worst. But I'm saying if you're if you're involved and you're not speaking up on behalf of this kid now, you're gonna start getting attacked Mm -hmm. on Twitter, on social media. Everywhere, people are going to start painting you as a racist company, and da, da, da. like it's a dude. It's a no-win situation. So the fact that those two idiots, I don't know. I, I like you know. How do you let this happen? Well, I know Merrill hates Don Sweeney. So and then, uh, hey, listen, he's not Jason Botter. Like I was saying before the pod, though, like is he complete? He's not a complete disaster as a GM. That that was Jason Botter in Buffalo, but like. At the same time, like, and here's what I was saying before we got on the pod, Gordo, was like, like, don't you, like, there's so many legalities now with this. Like, if they were to, if they were to fire, say they fired Don Sweeney and like two scouts, wouldn't they immediately like, like sue? Because then now you're, you're talking like they're scapegoating these guys. And now they're saying, well, these guys, you know, they're, they're associated. It's, it's like a defamation thing where like, oh, they, you know, we fired him because they hired uh, or they hired, signed a kid who's a, who's a racist sociopath. Like they, they can't, they got to be real careful with this one. That's why ultimately I think they're going to let it blow over. Plus the simple fact that the Jacobs don't even fucking pay attention. They don't know. 
They don't know Mitchell Miller from Dennis Miller. Honestly, they don't have a fucking clue what anything's going on there. And they're, and you think they're going to want to hire a new president and GM? They don't even know. They don't even follow hockey. So like, mm-hmm. they're not going to want to do that. I mean, Cam and Cam Neely is like a son to them. And, and by proxy, Don, you know, Don Sweeney's going to stay, I think. Well, yeah, they barely could figure out what to do with the coaching situation. I mean, look at this. And nothing for nothing, but you think Cassidy's sitting over there in Vegas just going, wow, maybe these guys did do me a favor. 100%. Yeah, because he's lighting it up in Vegas. I mean, he's got a wagon there, and he's in Vegas. Could be worse places to live. Yeah, he's seriously. And he's not not having to deal with any of this drama that's going on right now and and poor decision making. And, you know, I mean, I I don't know because, again, I'm not there. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But I can't imagine that that guy was never not frustrated being a part of that organization. Uh, I I agree. In getting back to this, though, it just thank God they thank God Bergeron and Krejci came back. Can you imagine if they if they signed this kid without the 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 strong locker room they have? And I I don't think I've ever seen a situation where a player is signed in the in the locker room in unison. Felino, Marchand, Bergeron, right on down the line, were like adamantly against it. I don't think I've ever seen that in sports. Oh, I think you would have. I think you would have people picketing outside the garden. Every, oh yeah. Every time that kid was still a part of that team, you would have people wouldn't even want to go to the games anymore because yeah, it would be a disaster. Completely harassed on your way in the door, and you know, just wearing Bruins gear, you'd be like, "Oh, you wearing Bruins gear." Yeah, you're a racist. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a, not the ammunition a, I want to give the Montreal Canadian fan base when we go head to head soon. It's just not what I'm trying to give them. No, it's just a dumb like I, you know, it, it's just a dumb, 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 dumb. I I I'm shocked in today's day and age. Maybe they're just so like out of the loop and clueless that they didn't think that this wasn't they I could choose that <laughs> fly this one under the radar and just you know poof this kid was just going to show up and start playing and nobody was going to say anything about it but right do you really think that like i'll just give it a few days it'll die down everything will be fine they they thought they could logan mayu this where if you remember mayu renounced himself he didn't even want to be drafted but the canadians still drafted him yep and they it was a shit storm for a while and then it kind of fucking died down and they what that, that's what they were probably hoping for but there, there is no way um, that this was going to be let go. And the, the other thing is, like, for the amount of shit that this kid did, the amount of, of you know, repentance and, 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 and empathy and remorse and, and what he would have to do in a community service, I mean, and he, he, it would take years. I mean, he really would take years probably donating his salary, like, speaking, like, it, it's that's what it would take. And, I mean, even – like you said, Heath, even the magistrate, the clerk magistrate, the judge was like, I don't fucking believe what you're, I don't believe your apology. Yeah. So like, well, and even, yeah. And then even the agent was saying, oh, he's, he's at the Carnegie Institute. And then the Carnegie Institute comes out and says, we've never worked with this kid. We had a phone call, but he never, they never actually did anything. So, yeah. you know, right. I don't, and, I don't, and that was the I problem. honestly, I don't think the kid's apologetic at all. I think he's just, a yes man at this point, just he's being told what to say. He's being told what to do. I don't think he's 
uh, apologetic at all. I think he's, and that's, if that doesn't say anything about your character, then I don't know what is. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, talk about balls. This kid's balls must be the size of fucking planet earth because I, I don't, I, unless you were, you know, insanely empathetic and, you know, just bearing, getting down on two knees and getting in front of people and talking and doing the shit that they is supposedly supposed to be doing. And, you know, I mean, I, I would say that's going to take such a long time for him to get back in any good graces whatsoever to just pop back up on the radar with like this plan that, Oh yeah, he's going to do this and this and this. And he hasn't done any work on that part. Like that we know of. Well, yeah. Leading up, leading up to him signing. Like if he had, you know, if he was like, you know, in the trenches doing the work and he had been for quite a while now, I still don't even think he would get a chance, but I think at least some people would give him the benefit of the doubt, but he's not, dude, he's not doing any of that stuff. So, right. And then the, 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 the kid actually came forward when he put that statement out and said, you know, Mitchell said he's been doing this, that, and helping here and there. Where's the proof? Where's the yep. proof? Not a single exactly. person can say yep. that they were with him, saw him, doing anything of the sort. And yet here he is calling this dude through Instagram three days before the Bruins give him a contract. And he says in the conversation, oh, yeah, this has nothing to do with hockey, just a little FYI. Like, that right there was probably the most ridiculous part of the whole thing. You called this dude three days before the contract signing and said it has nothing to do with hockey and didn't think that that was going to get out. Like, And, and even when the kid's mom, I we call him a kid. This is a grown man now, uh, 20, 21 now. You know, his mother came on, and it's like, I mean, I don't want to say that your mother's not you know, going to talk on your behalf here, but like, I don't want to hear about this from your mother. I want to hear about it from the person affected, but obviously that person just not going to go on film and honestly probably a better decision not given uh, the the public the media or anybody else any kind of fodder to work with because you know someone's going to try and spin this somewhere and unfortunately it's it's, the whole thing is just foobard the whole thing i haven't seen many people trying to spin it in a positive direction for this kid i think maybe originally but then as the days went on and more stuff started coming out then I think everybody was on the same boat, like, yeah, F this kid. Well, the, the thing that really killed me, guys, was just simply that, like, everybody was so quick to just be like, oh, he was 16, oh, everyone makes mistakes, and nobody wanted to read beyond the initial print on the article. And, you know, it, it just, I don't understand how you could just do that and blindly take it at face value and start calling this kid's trauma lies. Yeah. Well, if this isn't a wake-up call... We were talking about culture and hockey and, you know, just the, the, the way people are and the, the, where the state of the country is in right now. Like if you want to be an athlete, man, going forward, like you're going to have to be that all American guy or gal that's, you know, got every T crossed, every I dotted and you better be on the up and up or you're not going to have much of anything. So the other thing, though, too, is and kind of shame on the league is the USHL letting him play in that league after all this stuff comes out. Yeah. You know, like no one's really mentioned that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of, I mean, I, I just. Oh, good. No, I just feel like that's a little. I don't think they should have let him play. Like, I think 
you know, that puts a little black cloud over, you know, over them. Like, oh, hey, they let this racist bully kid in the in the league. I don't want, you know, I don't want to go be part of that league. It was, it was like what we were talking about a little earlier, not the same exact context, but like, you know, it was with the parents, but it's it six one half dozen the other. If, if a, it's a good hockey player, is a good hockey player, and if the parent has the money to to front, even though he's an asshole, you know they'll, you know, you know, a talent trumps anything. Unfortunately, everything to a degree. Unfortunately, and they'll uh, they'll bring him in. I mean, hell, he was even playing for. Um, it wasn't the U.S. National Development Program, but he was playing on some some teams representing the United States uh, in 17, 18, and 19. So, like, yeah, he was actually the USA. He was in the Hlinka Cup and um, a couple other tournaments. So, like, I mean, there's a lot of people who look the other way on this. I mean, this was this was common knowledge. This was not something – this wasn't fucking trying to find, you know, Jeffrey Epstein's flight list – you know that this wasn't this. This is require serious investigation. Everything was there. Call the fucking Arizona Coyotes. You know, do a Google search. You know, do look at his juvenile records, and, and you'll see what the hell you know what this kid did. Make some phone calls. That's all it would have took. And you said, "Geez, you know, this kid. I don't think he's worth the trouble." Well, to answer your like, I I think the USHL clans like. I think that's so under the radar. It's not a multi-million dollar industry, you know. I think yeah. that I and maybe it was like a start of like you know, maybe there were some talks of like you know, all right, we got to get this kid playing hockey somewhere, and we got to start. He needs to start the process of trying to right his wrongs, and you know, yeah, he took a year off. But yeah, and we can stick him back in this league and no one's going to really notice. And, you know, so I don't know if I, you know, would have I taken him on my team? Probably not. But, you know, high-profile kid, you know, and again, there's two sides to every story, how much of the story was actually out. I think once he got to the NHL level, I think that's when, and then, then all this, you know, the draft. And I think this is when things really started to that. Once you get to that high profile status, that's when people really start digging on you. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think he was able to kind of fly under the radar there for a bit. So, but Nodak, I mean, you know, that's a high profile college division one team. They they dropped him like a bad habit. So, um, I don't know. It's just a the whole thing is just a you know, and just as a Bruins fan, just really disappointing that you know I you know again I, I've I've been pretty for new leadership in the Bruins organization. I think you know. Yeah, the 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 eighties days are great and the Neelys and the Sweeneys and the Ray Borks and all that shit was awesome, but it's a new dawn, dude. It's the hockey's hockey's different. It's not the same. And it's a you know, it's a hockey was down for quite a while. And I think hockey's like, you know, with television, social media, um, you know, I think as much as people don't like Batman, I think he's done an all right job. You know, we've they've got good TV deals. These guys are starting to become a lot more high profile in the public eye, you know, um, and obviously it's an exciting sport to watch. 
So I, I just, I wish the Bruins would just, I wish somebody in the organization would step up and just be like, you know, it kind of seemed like Neely was kind of throwing Sweeney under the bus was my impression. He sure was. So, Mm -hmm. but I mean, to say that you didn't know, you know, X, Y, and Z about the kid, come on, man. Like you guys are the highest level there is. You to say that you, you know, didn't do enough due diligence. That's a crock of shit. Like none, none of us have these advanced scouting reports or anything else, and we could have all told you that without even really doing any research. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take – I mean, the internet's great, man. I can fucking type in a kid's name and put hockey at the end of it, and I'm going to get some stats on the kid real fast. Yep. You, you didn't have that fucking 20 years ago. No, you can get my men's league stats real quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Merrill will send you the Excel spreadsheet that he keeps them on. I've seen it. I got my own little simulated hockey DB page. What are you talking about? Love it. <laughs> All right, Love. boys. We're we're coming up on this. This has been a heck of an episode, but I think it's time for our final thoughts here as we get ready to ride off into the night. Eleven oh six Eastern Standard Time. Don't ever say that the Causeway Kings are not dedicated to their fans and listeners. Even though we kind of left y'all hanging for two or three weeks there for a minute, but important life things had to happen. So let's go back around the horn, Merrill. Why don't you start us off? We'll hit Clance and we'll wrap it with Gordo. Yeah, you know, I'm going to end on a positive note here and just talk about how great the Bruins are playing. Um, They're getting contributions from everybody. Um, You know, even Keith Kincaid, shout out to him stepping in, making some unbelievable saves when uh, the Bruins looked like they had their, their C game against Buffalo. They found a way to get the dub. And, you know, overall, just real positive with this team. I mean, they, they've showed – that they've got, you know, depth scoring. Um, they've got depth up and down the lineup and in the, in the back end. And, and I, you know, as they're getting great goaltending, but I also you just feel like there's a certain um, I, I don't know what the hell intangible that this team kind of has that maybe not that it didn't have it in previous years, but but you just you know it when you see it kind of thing. And I just it feels like this has a has a. a, a an air of a special year. It, it really does. And, uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to, to watching this team play and getting the meat of their, their schedule and, and see what happens. And um, the only thing I want to watch for and just make sure that is that they sign David Pasternak and that's a whole other episode, but um, overall real positive vibes with this team going on right now. Yeah, exactly what Merrill said. <laughs> no, well, well said, boys. I'm well pump- said. <laughs> I'm pumped with the way the bees been playing. Um, you know they're firing on all cylinders. They got solid goaltending right now. Um, you know I, I just think they're the team to watch out for in the league right now. And if everyone can stay healthy, they're going to make a deep run. And you know I, I could see them if they keep playing this way the rest of the season. I can see them going to the Cup Finals. But on another note, Pooh Bear jerseys, unbelievable. I went to the game the night Absolutely. that they they uh, revealed them, and if you guys remember, you know when they first came out, I was like, "Eh, I don't know," but seeing them in person, they're oh. fucking sick. On and TV, I, it's tight. Oh, and I, well, hold on. Can we pause about the game against Vancouver though? In warmups, when Vancouver was wearing white, and the Bruins came out in the white Pooh Bear jerseys. That's yeah. right, but Vancouver didn't have their uh, home unis with them. They only brought the roads. Idiots. Wah, wah. 
That's like when you go to a JV game and the teams both show up wearing the same collar and you're like, what the fuck are we going to do? It's like that scene in Family Guy. Lois is waiting to go, Peter, where are you? He comes out in the same dress. Well, well, one of us is going to have to change. (laughs) Should have just thrown pennies on Vancouver. Shirts and skins. Yeah, there it is. Gordo, your final thoughts as we wrap it up. Yeah, guys. Hey, good to be back. Good to be back. That was uh that was too too long of a time off. Agreed. Uh, no, having you know, I guess I can officially declare that I am a Bruins fan again. Whoop, whoop. Welcome I back. Did, I did say when Tuku Tuka retired that I would make a, a glorious comeback to the Bruins, and I was a little tentative coming back, but you know getting to actually sit this year and watch some games. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, there's, there's not much to not like about the Bruins right now. So from the coaching to, you know, the play on the ice, um, and, uh, you know, it's just, I, we're in full swing hockey season, baby. So, um, want to wish my, my, my big guy, a happy birthday one more time, Heath Christopher, Big eight years old today. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, buddy! Bud. Whoop, whoop. Got a got a got an apple this weekend. Very, he was very excited about it. Oh, nice! Um, you know, still struggle busting out there, but he works his butt off, so I love him. And uh, I don't know. Oh, I got to talk about our uh, really quick. Maybe we can jump into it next podcast. But our uh, ladies across the river are looking pretty good. The Boston Pride. Undefeated so far. They got a wagon this year, boys. Yeah. Wagon. That'll do it. That's why we uh, we pay attention and we cover it. Because if it's hockey related, it's all about it right here on Causeway Kings. Uh, off to a, off go, to a hot start this year. Who we so, keep who we keeping an eye it. on specifically this year, Gordo? Um, I don't know. They got they got they added some pretty damn good players. I like the goaltender right now. I mean, Lovisa, I love Lovisa. I coached her. She's she's a tremendous goalie. But the Schroeder from uh, I think she played at BU, I believe. Yeah, um, she's very good. But they're just from top to bottom. Their decor this year is really fucking good. Um, you know, I hate to sling mud because some of the former players that aren't, aren't there anymore. Um, but decor looks really solid. Um, and up front, they've got some, uh, oh, I'm spacing Elizabeth, on names because it's Elizabeth so Jaguer. She's Jaguer. Jaguer is really good. Um, they just do, they're, they're so deep. So I, I, it's, you know, you hate to call it this early, but if they're not contenders for another cup again, um, I would be very shocked. But, you know, definitely, you know, Montreal, new team in the league, okay. Um, but the I think the Pride have played um, the Whale thus far and um, the Metropolitan Rivers and handled both of them pretty pretty handily. So um, it's, you know, it's a long season, but off to a good start. And they play Minnesota Friday. Yeah. So it's going to be uh, – it'll be an interesting season, but it feels very, like, 2019, 2020-esque where they just kind of rolled through everybody, and I kind of have a feeling that's going to happen again this year. So could be another cup in Boston, my friends. Well, here's to hoping. 
I like it. Yeah, two cups, yeah. Yeah, two cups, Meryl. Just two. Just two. Here on this WME no, Bruins and Pride did, dude. What do what, you think I'm talking about? What are you about? talking about? I'm talking about that, too. All right. Well, good. As long as we're just on the same page here. All right, cool. I can share about you, Meryl. <laughs> Keeping an eye on all the Causeway Kings here. Boys, as always, thank you very much for joining us. Signing off here at 11.15 now, Eastern Standard Time here on a, what is today? Monday? Wednesday? Thursday? Monday. 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 Oh, God, it's only Monday. Well, as always, the Bruins are on fire. The Causeway Kings are incoherently excited. Boys, always a pleasure. And as is tradition here on WMEX and on the Causeway Kings and the Sports Podcast Network, let's Let's go go Bees. There it is, boys, and we'll catch you next time, folks.